Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 526. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living series, today's guest is Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner is the New York Times best-selling author of the critically acclaimed Pursuit of Happiness. Chris Gardner is an entrepreneur, a single parent, a speaker, and a philanthropist. Our guest today is Smithsonian Associate Chris Gardner, who will be presenting at Smithsonian Associates Program April 13th, 2021. The title of Chris Gardner's presentation, Finding the Permission to Dream, which is also the title of his new book. Chris Gardner is best known as the author of the New York Times bestselling memoir, The Pursuit of Happiness, which became a popular 2006 film starring Will Smith. Both tell Gardner's rags-to-riches story as he and his young son struggled with homelessness while he vied to become the single trainee out of 20 to be offered a full-time position with the stock brokerage firm Dean Witter Reynolds. After a year on the streets, Gardner, who grew up with an abusive stepfather, never went to college, landed the stock broker spot. He eventually founded his own brokerage firm, became a millionaire several times over, and often shares his story as a sought-after inspirational speaker. You'll hear that today. In our conversation with Chris Gardner, we'll talk about his new book, Finding Permission to Dream, which is his blueprint for building a dream-come-true life, even during uncertainty. Chris Gardner and I will discuss the strategies he learned along the way to achieving a prosperous career, from a method for identifying your ultimate dream to a playbook for becoming world-class at it. Chris Gardner's business career provided the basis for his philanthropic work and an important personal philosophy. No matter how much wealth you achieve, true success comes from enriching the lives of others so all can still have access to the American dream. Join me and Chris Gardner today as we discuss how Chris Gardner hopes to inspire the next generation of problem solvers and change makers to claim their vision of that dream. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Chris Gardner. Mr. Chris Gardner, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Good to be with you. Very good. Thank you. It is great to talk to you, too. Of course, you've got a new book out titled, I've got it right here, Permission to Dream. You're the wonderful author of The Pursuit of Happiness. You're coming up here on um, April 13th, going to be at the Smithsonian Associates. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But I wonder if we could just begin by just asking you, you feeling good? Everybody in your family healthy and well and practicing smart social distancing during our quarantine? You, you look great. So I'm sure you're, you're doing well. But my, my best to you and your family. Well, my, my best to you, my best wishes to you. Uh, we're doing very well. Uh, we are indeed uh, practicing um, everything required to protect our health right now. Everything required. Been blessed to have gotten the vaccination yep, yep. Uh, by choice <laughs> Me based too. on research. And based on my own personal doctors that have been taking care of me for the last 40 years, they got a 40-year book on me. So when they say, Chris, this is what you should do, I do it. Show up and do it. Yep, and, me too. You know, got that. one of the things, Paul, that's been so remarkable for me with the onset of the pandemic from the very beginning is I am just amazed that all of a sudden, Everyone in America is a scientist. <laughs> yes, that is interesting. <laughs> I, I'm, just, right. oh, I, I'm just right. amazed at the number of epidemiologists that we have in our country who never went to medical school. 
Right. 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 So we are, we've been blessed. We do, Paul, probably like you and a lot of other people out there. Unfortunately, we do have friends and family that have had to fight for their lives. And some of them lost, Paul. Yep. So, yes, Tragic we have times. indeed taken it very yeah, seriously. Good. Well, thank you for that, sir. And I'm glad to hear everybody's well. Well, why don't we start here right at the start and just tell us a little bit about uh, your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. Kind of take us through it briefly and tell us maybe how you're going to engage our audience using Zoom, because we're all using Zoom these days. Well, let's talk about that for a second. First of all, this new world that we're in using technology, one of the concepts, Paul, that I put forth in the new book, which that book, this idea for the book was born four years ago. Okay. This is pre-pandemic. Yeah, good. But one of the concepts we put forth is something that I call having to make a hard pivot. (laughs) Right. And a hard pivot being defined as something you would have never chosen, but you still got to make it work. Okay? I guarantee you, Paul, anyone working in corporate America or in any organization right now, if on January 2nd, of 2020, you went into senior management and you said, I've got this great idea. We're going to do everything remotely. (laughs) 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 We've been escorted from the building by security. Right? Right. But we've all had to learn new ways and new things. And Paul, I got to tell you this, the things that we've learned We need to have those things in our tackle box for the rest of our lives because this is going to happen again. We don't know its name, Paul. Give you another, for instance, the last public speaking engagement that I did, February 12th, 2020, huge event at the United Nations where I asked a very, very big question. We were talking about how do we begin to tackle global homelessness? My response, Paul, was we first must redefine and expand the definition of who's at risk of becoming homeless to include working women, who, Paul, in many instances, are already paid less than their male colleagues And they have a very quiet fear. What if something happens? What if I lost my job? What if my husband lost his job? My very, very specific question was, what if there was some economic gyration that happened someplace around the world that had nothing to do with you, but suddenly you, your family, and my family, we are all at risk. Paul, the date again was February 12th, 2020. My point is COVID-19 was already here. We just didn't know its name. So back to that first point was, what have we learned in 2020 that we're going to have in our toolboxes for the rest of our professional and personal lives? I know I've learned some things, certainly. Yep, me too. I've learned some things too. Well, we thank you for your work, for all of the charitable work that you're doing, and uh, it sounds like a wonderful presentation that you did at the United Nations. Your work with Permission to Dream is getting great reviews 
online, and and I'm excited to read it. Of course, uh, your previous work, The Pursuit of Happiness, got so much great attention. I wonder, from the title, do we need permission to dream these days? Or is that where we are at? Oh, we need permission to dream now more than ever before. Let's just go back. Let's do a timeline. Let's just go back 20 years, okay? And let's go back to last summer. I want to be very clear when I say this. Look at the faces of so many young people who were peacefully protesting and expressing their fears, angers, and frustrations. I'm not talking about the rioting, Paul. Let's be clear on that. I'm against rioting, whether it's the people, the police, or politicians that incite them. But when you look at the faces of all the young people all around the world, I just, Paul, 20 years, think about it. Those children were conceived in a storm. If they were born in the year 2000, they were conceived in a storm because at that point, we were all freaked out, Paul, about something called Y2K. Right. (laughs) Remember that. (laughs) Supposedly, the fear was the world was going to collapse because of some glitch in technology. You fast forward on that timeline one year. The children born in the year 2000, just as they were learning how to walk, what happens in 2001? 9-11. Fast forward seven years, what happens? The global financial crises. Fast forward 12 years, what happens? Politics, polarization, and a pandemic. What's the one constant in that timeline? The one big constant, Paul, is change. Big, dramatic, frightening change. I will submit to you, there's never been a generation of young Americans better prepared to embrace, create, or demand change than this generation coming up right here. Change is in their DNA, Paul. Yep. Change and uh, kind of everything that goes along with it. And so you've got this great quote in the book. You say, now that we know how short life can be, what will you do with the time you have left? I love that. Let me tell you that little piece of uh, the book. Um, That question was asked of me by the love of my wife, Holly, who I had the honor of being her primary caregiver for the last four years of her life that we fought brain cancer. And I will never forget so many of the last conversations we were having, Paul, she kept asking me the same question. Now that we can see how truly short life can be, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? That's not a rhetorical question at that point, Paul. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? I didn't know. It took me some time to figure out because for the last four years of my life, the last four years of my life at that point, Paul, had all been about taking care of her. I couldn't imagine my life without her. But I found the answer in my hometown, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, standing in front of the elementary school that I went to, Paul, and I'm watching the children coming and going out of the school doors and it dawned on me, wait a minute, Oprah Winfrey and I are the same age, same zodiac sign, and went to the same elementary school. Wow. Huh? We know the next Chris Gardner, or more importantly, the next Oprah Winfrey, is not coming and going out of these same school doors at public schools all across America right now. 
The truth is, Paul, they are. My job is to let them know that they can by giving them permission to dream. This can be done. Yeah. I'm in the process right now, Paul. I'm doing a tour this year that's using this technology. I'm going to speak at 1,000 public schools all across wow. America. Wow. <sighs> yeah. That's going to be a big job, sir. Big <laughs> Chris Gardner. Yes, sir. It's time to be doing big things, Paul. What are you going to say? Tell us a little bit about what those presentations are going to involve. You know what we do? We share with these young people the three most important decisions that I ever made in my life, all of which I made at their age or younger. Number one, I made the decision that I was not going to be some of the things that I grew up surrounded by. I made the decision I was going to break every curse all the cycles, all the links in that chain of cycles that have plagued my family, including child abandonment, alcoholism, illiteracy, poverty. I was going to break all those cycles. Number two, I was going to become world class at whatever I did with my life because I had been given permission to dream. But number three, Paul, I was going to do something that was bigger than everything I saw every day. Right? I wanted to do something bigger than what I saw every day. And that led me to make one of the most important decisions I've ever made in my life, which was to join the United States Navy. <laughs> Paul, I got to tell you something. Now, here's how it worked out. I joined the Navy to see the world. It didn't exactly <laughs> work out like that. They said it Camp June, Jacksonville, yep. North Carolina. That's the way it can go sometimes. <laughs> but that's where, that's where I was supposed to be, Paul, because I met some people I would have never met. I learned some things I would have never learned. I got some experiences I would have never have gotten had I not been at that mm -hmm. place at that point at that time in my life. I love that story from uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, and then you reference it in, uh, in the book Permission to Dream. You talk about the... Um, the beautiful world that you experienced in the Spiegel catalog. Many of my audience are going to remember the Spiegel catalog. And I wonder if you just tell us a little bit about that, because that, that was a fantastic catalog to get in the mail. Oh, my God, Paul, that catalog was like Christmas Day, 365 <laughs> days a year. My sister, my big sister, Ophelia and I, we played this game, not having toys, not having a television, not having Internet. But we played this game and we would look through the Spiegel catalog and we flipped the pages and whoever hit the page first, boom, <laughs> all that stuff is mine. All that stuff is mine. Whatever. Hey, Paul, we start with page one. <laughs> okay. The Spiegel catalog had about four or 500 pages in it. Right. Right. right? But, and, you, you know, you would claim all of these things, but the beauty of the game was, Paul, at some point, you begin to say, this is mine, but I'm giving it all to you. All the stuff right here, this is all yours. Hence, permission to dream. I love that. Title of the book, again, is Permission to Dream. We are with Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner will be at the Smithsonian Associates Program coming up here Tuesday, April 13th. We're going to have links to where people can find out more information about Smithsonian Associates Program, Chris Gardner, his new book, Permission to Dream. Chris Gardner, I know you're very busy. We sure appreciate your generous time. I just have one final question for you. I wonder if you'd just give our audience maybe two or three 
Yeah, just two or three of the, you know, kind of the the blueprints that you kind of outline a little bit in Permission to Dream for for building that dream come true life, even during this uncertain time around the pandemic. Number one, I'll have to share something with you. Unfortunately, you can't see it, but behind me is a wall of books. I once had the opportunity to ask my dear friend, Dr. Maya Angelou, if you could only read 100 books your whole life, what should they be? She wrote me a list, okay? And I'm right now just reflecting back on our last conversation together. We were talking about struggle. And I will never forget her saying to me, Paul, that we have the people for this mountain. We must all be mindful that there are people who came before us, who came up a steeper side of this mountain, carrying a bigger and heavier load with little to no opportunity, but they kept going forward, onward, and upward. And still I rise. This has been done before. One of the other things that we talk about in the book that's very, very dear to me, this concept of atomic time. What does that mean? Everyone that knows me, Paul, knows that I got this thing about time. I wear two watches. I have 35 <laughs> years, okay? That's another story for another time. The point <laughs> is, this one right here, this one is priceless. This was hers. Mm. This was the last mm. Christmas present I gave Holly, our last Christmas together. Some kind of a way the tumor in her brain had began to strangle her optic nerves, taking away her vision to the point, Paul, she could only see exactly one half of what she was directly looking at. She picked out the watch because she could see the white numbers on the black face. I gave it to her on Christmas Day. She opens the box and she says with a sense of amazement, wow, it's got atomic time. And I was like, Atomic time, let me see that watch. I take one look at the watch and say, girl, that says automatic, not atomic. That's <laughs> 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 oh, what time it was for us. It was atomic time. Me, we were engaged in a passionate pursuit to the nth degree. Atomic time. That's what time it is for all of us in America right now. We're fighting to protect our health. We're fighting to protect our families. We're fighting to protect our businesses and livelihoods. And some of us, Paul, are fighting to protect our dreams. The question is, what are you fighting for? Because I'm giving you permission to dream it. And it's been a high honor, Paul, to be with you, man. Absolutely. I got to tell you, I got no place else to go. So if you want to sit here another hour, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Chris Gardner, I, I definitely could talk to you all day. The book is wonderful and uh, so much wonderful attention for it, for all that you do. We sure appreciate your generous time. And um, I will take you up on that. I'd love to have you come back and talk. And especially as you kind of make your way through these thousand presentations, stop back and give us an update because I would, boy, I'd, I'd welcome it. You're just you're just doing so many great you things, know, Chris what Gardner. Else we could do? One day you could come to school with me. I'll do it. I'll to do see, it. and when you see the faces 
of the young people who are one day soon going to be making contributions and running our country, you're going to see what excites me. I got to tell you something. In America, the bench is deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming. Yes, well, sir. We need people like you out there just driving them forward. So thank you, sir. Chris Gardner, my best to you. Best to your family. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, sir. Take care. You too. Bye, Chris. My thanks to Chris Gardner for his generous time today. Smithsonian Associate Chris Gardner will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Program April 13, 2021. All of the details are available on our show notes today. The title of Chris Gardner's presentation is Finding the Permission to Dream. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you as well, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please join me next time. Be safe. Be healthy. I hope you're listening today as you're waiting in line for your vaccine. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.